Global Wellness Transformation presents a unique podcast series featuring leading-edge, forward-thinking innovators who are pioneering breakthroughs in wellness. Personal wellness, family and community wellness, environmental wellness, and financial wellness. From GWT Media, this is Clothing the Emperor, new paradigms of wellness and wealth. In each episode, we speak with individuals who are truly having an impact in the world. In this episode, part two of our conversation with Dr. Carolyn McMakin. Dr. McMakin has pioneered the use of frequency-specific microcurrent therapy using purpose-built electronic equipment. She has successfully treated a vast array of illnesses and ailments, including COVID and long COVID. So now we actually use the wires from the machine and an alligator clip and um, clip those to wet contacts. I use wet towels, just hand towels to go around the neck and the feet, warm, wet washcloths. We have towel warmers in every room. And so if I'm going to treat somebody's stomach and low back, I'll put a towel under the low back and a washcloth in their stomach and I put alligator clips on um, I think we stopped using the gloves almost 10 years ago. Um, but back when we first got the clinic, um, that we didn't have alligator clips, right? So all I had was white gloves. And then after about, I think, eight years or 10 years, we would wrap the graphite glove in a wet towel. That was George's idea. And um, yeah, the, the yeah. so I used to be the, the lady with the black graphite gloves that could Interesting. You know, obviously, people who are listening to this interview are probably saying, well, I'll bet it works on a lot of sports injuries. And in fact, the answer, the simple answer is, yeah, you bet it does. Yeah. Um, and, and you have treated a lot of professional uh, athletes, sports figures, uh, big dollar earners, and, and, uh, and you, you've pretty much fixed them all. Is that as fair? Is that a fair statement? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. It's um, Kim Pittis is our um, sports director at this point. She's working with um, the hockey teams. Her husband was a professional hockey player, though hockey coach. So she has professional and Olympic athletes in hockey, football, hockey and football right now. I think we have a few in. um, basketball and I've treated uh, the Toronto Blue Jays a number of years ago and you're welcome and what's interesting is the for example the Kansas City Chiefs well they made the Super Bowl this year for the first time in some odd 20 years and their trainer when he left Philadelphia he took FSM with him and for the last five years, Kevin, last five years, I think, both teams that are in the Super Bowl in the U.S. have FSM in the training room. That says something about something because it's all about injury recovery. Mm-hmm. So as, um, what, 19, or 2008 and nine, I had my hips replaced. I didn't bruise. So you've run the frequency to stop bleeding 
and you don't bruise. You run the frequency to repair torn tissue. I was completely out of pain and we had to take the stitches out five days early. Um, same thing with athletic injuries. You treat the injury at the time it happens, it gets better faster, but then when you get the athlete back to play, you have to make sure the nerves are gliding, the muscles are firing in the right order, and that the player's brain is not afraid to move. So we have a frequency that addresses the part of the brain that remembers the injury unconsciously and changes the mechanics of the muscles. So we treat the peripheral injury, but then at the end, you treat the brain as the rehabilitating so everything fires correctly. Yeah, you know, when you mentioned the brain, I, I automatically, being a Canadian guy, I'll, I think hockey and I think concussions. I suppose sure. if, if you're an American football fan, you'll think concussions in football. In both sports, they are, uh, concussions are huge, huge issue. What sort of effects does, uh, have, have you noted using FSM on, on athletes who've had uh, concussions? Well, we have something called the concussion protocol. Nobody has collected data, which makes me a little bit crazy. Um, so we don't have anything published, but you get a patient that comes in and literally can't fill out the forms, like can't write his friend has to fill out his name and do all this, um, just things they can't do. And you run the frequencies that we use for concussion in different parts of the brain. Inflammation is a big problem in the brain. Um, axons that are injured in the neck that go up into the brain, they actually die back and create inflammation and problems that start in the neck and the spinal cord and die back into the brain. So we treat the nerves, the current increases ATP, you reduce inflammation, you give them supplements to reduce inflammation, give the brain the neurotransmitters that it needs, support the mitochondria that are, do you know that your brain is 2% of your body's weight and it uses 20% of your body's energy. That's extraordinary. So um, you do all those things. FSM isn't the only thing you do, right? You have to create a stable state that will support what you do and make it lasting. So, yeah, we've had, I've had some pretty dramatic effects with concussion and brain injuries. Can't put tissue back that's not there. So somebody comes in that's had Alzheimer's for eight years, can't get it done. Somebody mm. gets a concussion two days ago or two weeks ago, and they're 40 and not 80. Well, you have, you turn the vagus on, it increases brain-derived nerve growth factor. You treat concussion in the brain, you give them supplements, and you see what happens. I mean, that's, that's, there's never any guarantees, but the nice thing about FSM is it can't hurt you. It's either going to work or it's not. Yeah. And we'll give it yeah. two or three seconds. Can't hurt, might help, 
unless I drop the box on your foot, I'm not going <laughs> to not create damage, right? So it yeah, makes yeah. it fun. You know, something that uh, that is afflicting uh, an awful lot of people, and and GPs are seeing it more and more, is our, our symptoms of long COVID. Have you have you had um, opportunity to treat patients um, who have symptoms of long? You know, I guess you have, and you're excited to respond here. Go ahead. Well, when you when COVID first started, I was in Manchester, England, um, giving a lecture to a group of osteopaths up there, and I caught the last plane allowed into the United States from the UK in March of 2020. And um, so I came in on Monday and I had a webinar scheduled for Thursday. So Monday night, Tuesday, Wednesday, I start getting emails from physicians and phys all over the country about what COVID was doing. We think of it of the respiratory system because patients were on ventilators and that was pretty devastating. But there would patients because one of my practitioners, her daughter was a medical resident working in the emergency room when COVID hit. And the practitioner told me, my daughter says they're coming into the emergency room in kidney failure. What? Liver enzymes are elevated. What? Then I started looking up papers because Europe and Asia had been dealing with COVID for five months already. So there were already papers coming out. So then you go to the list. So I get all this information about COVID on Tuesday and Wednesday, and I go to the list. When you think about the pandemic of 1919, there was an epidemic in 14 and 15. There was an epidemic in 17. And then there was a pandemic in 19 that wiped out, what, 25% of Europe. And so on this list, the, there are... And by, by the list, you mean the list of frequencies? The list of frequencies. Gotcha. Yep. There were six frequencies for flu. Malignant flu, London flu, respiratory flu, respiratory flu, respiratory flu, um, influenza. There were six. So you look at the mechanism. The reason COVID was so difficult was the first thing it hit was the immune system. It landed in the thymus and it landed in the bone marrow. And it just said, yeah, don't even look at me. So I just did a thought experiment, used these six frequencies by themselves in the immune system, COVID attached to the ACE2 receptor, which is widely distributed in the blood vessels. Okay, the lungs, the heart, the brain, the kidney is all capillaries and blood vessels. The virus goes into the wall of the blood vessel through the ACE2 receptor, it replicates, it comes boiling out, and that's where the blood clots came from. So people were having strokes and heart attacks, and when they came boiling out of the capillaries in the lungs, that was the cytokine storm. 
and same thing with the liver. So I made that presentation on Thursday. The following month, we found out about the brain. So I added, you do the six virus frequencies in the brain, and there you go. The first month, it's a thought experiment. Can't hurt, might help. It's not like anybody else can do anything. So take your vitamin C, take your vitamin D, try this, see what happens. Wear your mask, be good. We had practitioners who would email me and say, we got COVID, we went to the emergency room, they didn't have any beds. They said, well, you won't need a ventilator for three days, so come back in three days when you can't breathe. Okay, so they'd go home, they'd put the thought experiment, we called it the um, flu respiratory, respiratory flu, because you couldn't call anything COVID, the respiratory flu protocol on their custom care, run it on themselves, twice a day for three days, and in three days their symptoms were gone. So I got reports like that in the first month, reports like that in the second month. After that, it was sort of standard. I couldn't do any get anybody to do a paper or do a collected case report on it. Okay, fast forward now three years, and patients come in with long COVID. Most of the long COVID symptoms come because, remember the vagus nerve? Mm -hmm. Remember the vagus nerve? Vagus nerve, what turns it off? Infection, stress, and trauma. COVID is an infection. So you run the frequencies for the viruses in the vagus nerve. You run the frequencies, so the sense of the loss of smell, sense of smell, was is the biggest complaint and the biggest surprise for me. The sense of smell is capillaries in a little structure up here called the ethmoid sinus. And it has nerves that go up to the olfactory bulbs in your brain. Well, what does the virus hit? Capillaries. And I have a frequency for the ethmoid sinus. So I put a washcloth on the patient's neck, washcloth over the forehead, right above the ethmoid sinus, and I'd run virus in the vagus nerve, virus in the capillaries, little teeny blood vessels that feed this sense of smell, the neurons that smell for you, and the ethmoid sinus. And I just did that while I was working on the patient's neck and shoulder. And at the end of it, patient goes into the restroom, washes her hands, come back and says, I can, I can smell the, it has, I have, I have lavender, it gets the lavender hand lotion out of her bag and she could smell it. And I'm two for two. I've done it twice. So is it going to work every time? I don't know. Mm. Can't hurt them. But so far it's worked. Long COVID, the biggest problem has been fatigue. And fatigue is usually an occult infection. So I treat the vagus, 
for the virus, um, kidneys. I basically run the flu respiratory program and see what happens. And then some, I mean, people have strange symptoms. Um, I've had patients where the virus affects, sets off an autoimmune condition, or the virus hits the blood supply to the spinal cord, and they end up with lightning zings down their arms and legs. Well, I treat, you treat virus in the spinal cord, you treat the cause, right? And you can't treat it for inflammation, you treat the cause, which is these six frequencies that they created somehow, and they, they're too low, 44, 46, 56 hertz, they're too low to be killing the virus. The virus is gone. The virus isn't there anymore. It's mm -hmm. gone. Immune system has taken, it's, it's gone. But while it was there, it changed. Remember the antenna? Mm -hmm. the receptors? Changed the receptors. So the receptors, instead of like being straight up, are cattywampus. You run the frequency, and the frequency sets them, unlocks the door. Locked, unlocked. That's my idea about it. If that's the way it happens, I'm not sure. But it's a decent model, and it explains. How on earth could you change symptoms that fast unless that is the mechanism? Yeah. Right? It's amazing. It, um, it truly, truly is uh, amazing. I do want to now address the elephant in the room, and that is cancer. Oh. Is this technology effective in dealing with cancer, cancerous tumors? Nope. No? And okay. so here's, here's the thing. If it is, I don't want to know about it. So if I make your, if I do something with the frequencies and by accident or through ignorance, I make your pain worse, it's uncomfortable. It will be temporary. And it may change the quality of your life, but it doesn't threaten your life, right? There's no risk. Hmm. If I do something out of ignorance, because every cancer is different, every organ is different, if I do something out of ignorance that makes your cancer worse, you may not have time to get back on top of it. So that's the first reason. That's just ethics. Do no harm. End of discussion. The second reason is regulatory. The best way to have any therapy or technique shut down, sent offshore, especially if it's successful, every successful alternative cancer therapy is in the Bahamas or Mexico. Brzezinski has a dramatic treatment for glioblastoma. It's not like there's any competition. He has a dramatic, successful treatment, and they have hounded him in Texas, right? So we have a slide that says, we do not treat cancer. If you do treat cancer, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to see it in print. I don't want an email. You, you do you. And that's, that's how you stay out of trouble. Now, that being said, 
people that use conventional medical treatment for cancer, chemotherapy is causes nausea. We found a frequent I found a frequency combination. I had a friend that had lung cancer and he was wearing a chemo pack and nauseated and I asked he was an MD and I asked him, it's like, so where does the nausea come from? Does it tear up your stomach or what? He said, no, it's toxicity in the brain. Well, I had three frequencies for toxicity and there are two parts of the brain that make you nauseous. So I, the, there was one of the three frequencies that put him to sleep, got rid of the nausea and it was permanent. He had the chemo pack on for three days and he never was nauseous again. We have one protocol that is effective for bone metastasis. Takes the pain away. Nothing takes the pain away for bone mats. For us, it's easy. Takes 60 minutes, you're done. It lasts maybe a week or two. And radiation burns. So radiation is the gift that keeps on giving. It destroys DNA. There is no thing that stops it. So the first patient I ever treated had radiation for a tumor that was here and the radiation caused scarring in the blood supply to his spinal cord and the brachial plexus. So we treat radiation burns, esophageal scar tissue. First thing you have to treat is the radiation. So I don't treat cancer, but I can treat cancer patients for immune support, emotional support, adrenal support, get, you know, help their liver deal with chemotherapy. So it's a different way of looking at it, but no, we don't treat cancer. The ethics of it is just too dangerous. I un I understand that, but I think I think I also think it's it's so um, heartwarming to know that, I mean, uh, traditional cancer treatments always come with side effects, uh, and very often severe. So to know that that uh, frequency specific microcurrent technology can be used to alleviate and lift the burden of of those side effects is is wonderful in and of itself i think it's i think it's uh, it's remarkable what do you think lies ahead for fsm oh, that's a really good question i'm 76 um my ultimate goal is to make sure that fsm survives we have 5000 patients in uh, practitioners in 23 countries. Um, I'm setting up frequency-specific seminars so that it will persist after I'm gone. We will have a library of, of um, practicums and webinars. And when I teach now, my goal is not to teach frequencies. It's to teach people how to think about how to look at patient problems when you have frequencies as a tool. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the first thing. And to keep spreading the word. I just keep showing up as long as I'm able. And that's, that's what lies ahead. It really depends on staying in bounds with regulatory agencies, following the rules, um, don't make claims, separate the frequencies from the devices. The device company is completely separate. We now have competition. So we created um, 
the market, basically. Microcurrent was nothing, not much, in 1997 when I started teaching it. And now there's competing devices, there's multiple devices, and I just, I use American-made. I won't use the Chinese devices because they can't be CE marked or ISO certified. And so you just do what you do with integrity and compassion and skill and hope for the best, hold the vision. That's all I can think of to do, right? None of us are getting out of this alive. <laughs> a good point to a good point to end this on, I think, Carol. Thank you. This has been absolutely fascinating. Thank you very oh, much for this. You're very welcome, Chris. It's nice to see you. It's good to talk to you. Thank you so much. This has been Clothing the Emperor, new paradigms of wellness and wealth from Global Wellness Transformation. Our digital content is produced by Dave Grine. Feel free to leave a comment below or by emailing us at globalwellnesstransformation at gmail.com. I'm Chris Henry. Thanks for watching and listening.